Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Welcome into the film room. I'm Justin Graver. With me as always is James Esparza, and today we will be talking about the Atlanta Falcons. How the defense can stop the Falcons' offense. How the offense can try to try to score against the Falcons' defense. So stay tuned, because we're starting now. Very confident in eight. Um, he's been getting it done. I, you know, it's it's tough being a quarterback in this league. I want to say um, you take all the blame, no matter what. And that guy, he ain't gonna say nothing about anyone. It, it don't matter if someone dropped the pass on third down or he got sacked multiple times. He gonna just say it was his fault. He got to do better. And that's that's the sad part. Okay, thank you, Delaney Walker. Thoughts on Delaney Walker? Any at all? Uh, I think if he took offense, he was probably talking about you. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. Anything else need to be said there? I don't think so. Let's no. get into this podcast. Okay, we are going to really quickly catch up on the injury report because we're recording this on Friday, so we have all the information now. Delaney Walker, who was held out of practice earlier in the week, returned in full on Friday. The only person who missed practice on Friday was Kevin Pomfield. On the Falcons' side, obviously Keanu Neal tore his Achilles last week. That's very sad. R.I.P. Guys who were limited earlier in the week, like Grady Jarrett and Tack McKinley and Calvin Ridley and Ido Smith, were all full participants on Friday. So both teams relatively healthy. Of course, the, the Falcons lost rookie guard Chris Lindstrom to IR earlier in the season. So they are a little less healthy than the Titans right now, but overall pretty healthy on both sides. Anyway, should we talk about this game? Let's do it. I watched the Falcons' first three games of the season, trying to figure out how the Titans are going to be attacked by them and how the Titans can answer that. But before we talk about my findings, what, for you, would you say you're most concerned with when it comes to the Titans' defense against the Falcons' offense? Uh, seeing Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley do a lot. You're going to have Muhammad Sanu in the slot, but you have Logan Ryan there, and I think Logan Ryan can take Sanu. But Calvin Ridley and Adoree Jackson, because it's probably going to be Malcolm Butler and Julio, which, and then they're probably going to bring a safety over the top, which I'm hoping it's Kevin Byard. Um, but Calvin Ridley and Adoree Jackson is going to be a, pretty much a one-on-one matchup. And... Maybe Adore does well and shuts him down, but Calvin Ridley could do nothing, and he could also have 150 yards and a touchdown. So I'm kind of worried about that matchup. Okay. Interesting. But, I mean, really, from what I've seen, Matt Ryan's been turning the ball over a lot, so I'm hoping the Titans can get a few turnovers. Yeah. But 
obviously yeah, seen Matt Matt Ryan having a comeback or a bounce back game against this defense just with this team kind of on its heels right now. That's mostly what I'm worried about. Yes, I get your concerns. Those are valid concerns. The Falcons, believe it or not, are fourth in the NFL in pass attempts. Matt Ryan is anyway. The team is sixth in passing percentage at right around 70%. So they pass a lot. They've also been trailing a lot this season. They fell behind early in Minnesota, fell behind early in Indianapolis. And against the Eagles, they got off to a lead, but then they found themselves down again, and then they came back and won the game. That's their only win. The Falcons won and two, just like the Titans. I get it. This could definitely be a bounce back game. But like you said, Matt Ryan has six interceptions already this year. The team likes to pass the ball. They have the fifth fewest rush attempts this season. They only have 54 total rush attempts in three games. Devontae Freeman is the lead running back. Of course, they run this West Coast style running attack. A lot of outside zone, inside zone type stuff. Mixed in with some some other concepts, a couple of pulling guard concepts, but mostly it's outside zone, inside zone. And so the Titans run that on their own side of the ball, so they are pretty familiar with how to stop it. Um, I mean, you just have to play your gaps well. can't over-pursue. You can't allow yourself to create a running lane by overrunning and getting blocked back the other way. And the Titans will probably play um, expecting the pass more often than the run just because, like I said, the Falcons have been passing 70% of the time. They also run 11 personnel almost every play. They have um, a few plays out of 12 personnel and and a couple out of 21, but like it's almost completely 11. So you mentioned their receivers. The way they use the receivers is pretty interesting. They Dirk Cutter's been moving them around all over the formation. You see Julio Jones lined up in the slot on third downs pretty often because that usually allows him to run and get matched up against a linebacker if he's running against his own defense and takes a crossing round over the, over the middle field, some sort of drag or, or deep dig or anything like that. He gets matched up on linebackers pretty, pretty often based on the way that defenses are playing, but they play zone on third and long to try to, you know, take away the big play. That's what's been leaving Julio Jones open. So you mentioned the cornerbacks that'll probably be playing on him. I don't think the Titans will have their corners following against this offense because like you mentioned, all three receivers are a pretty big threat. And all three Titans cornerbacks are pretty capable. Obviously, Malcolm Butler has a history of getting burned, and Adoree Jackson's been inconsistent. But, you know, Adoree Jackson manned up really well against Josh Gordon. We've seen Malcolm Butler man up really well against Odell Beckham in his past, in his career. Logan Ryan has been a shutdown guy all season. So I'm, I'm actually thinking this is kind of a strength-on-strength matchup. Adoree Jackson has had two big plays that have gone against us and set the team we're playing against uh, – in a lead early. He w- he had that pass interference against the Colts to set up that Eric Ebron touchdown from Jacoby Brissett. And he had that muff punt in the Jaguars game that set up that touchdown for Gardner Minshew. Um, so I think if Adoree can fix those mistakes and not give up those plays, uh, we w- I like our chances. I mean, I don't want to single them out either. I mean, it's a team effort at the end of the day. But uh, when you put a defense in that situation. Um, I don't know. It's just not going to go well, especially with this Falcons team who's looking to come back pretty strong. Uh, how do you feel about Jayon Brown on Julio Jones with as quick as he is? I mean, you don't, you're not going to have those types of guys matched up one-on-one. It'll, there'll be components of bracket coverage if the Titans are – that's what I expect them to do is run bracket coverage around Julio Jones using 
linebackers to take away the little dump off passes that try to get him in the open space for yards after catch and using your safeties over the top to keep him from beating you deep while you have corners, you know, maintaining the outside boundary areas in the middle of the field. And so I think the Titans will probably be, be mixing up their coverages a lot. They, they've been doing that lately um, this season. Of course, they played against three very inexperienced quarterbacks um, in Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew. So that could have been the, the reason that they're doing that. Matt Ryan, obviously a seasoned veteran, former MVP, a smart quarterback. He's going to be able to, to identify most of your coverages ahead of the snap. But I think that the Titans will still try to disguise a bit and they'll mix and match because it'll just keep the Falcons play calling, guessing whether or not they're trying to beat a man or his own. And so for that reason, I think Jayon Brown over the middle against uh, Julio is going to be the type of guy who's breaking on passes and hitting him right as the ball's arriving. And I think he's great in that role. So the Titans should match up fairly well. The thing that I'm worried about is Devonta Freeman has been he ripped off a couple really nice runs against the Colts. He's been playing well this season. He just hasn't been being fed the ball because the Falcons have been playing from behind so much. But the Titans have allowed big runs in the last couple games. And if they get too aggressive, um, trying to trying to rush Matt Ryan, thinking it's a pass or whatever, and then they, the Falcons like to set up in pass situations out of shotgun and hit, run little draw plays to try and catch you off catch you off guard. So I'd be more, I'm more worried about Freeman ripping off big runs and not getting these Falcons into third and long situations than anything else and with this defense, the way they've played the last few games. I think that's where the offense is going to come in. Um, if we can't score points and we keep playing like we have the past two weeks, the, this Falcons team isn't going to have to throw the ball, and that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I think the best way that the Titans can get force turnovers and get after Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, like I said, he's thrown six interceptions this year. Five of those interceptions were under pressure, throwing it, falling away, kind of off his back foot. And the last interception, I have absolutely no idea why he threw the ball. It was against uh, the Colts. Clayton Gathers got the interception. He was trying to hit Luke Stalker. He actually has two interceptions on targets to Luke Stalker. You might be pleased to, to learn. Um, I don't know what he was looking at, though. He was very covered, no separation, and the safety over the top. But the other five interceptions, he Matt Ryan really likes to throw it up for his guys and try to let them make a play. And Calvin Ridley had a really nice touchdown catch against the Eagles, and he had another one that he almost had that he kind of bounced out of his hands that was heavily contested. And obviously Julio Jones has been making big catches over people for you know his whole career. Matt Ryan will throw it up to his guys. Austin Hooper's another big target. And when he's under pressure, he still tries to throw it up to these guys. And Matt Ryan doesn't have the biggest arm, so he will throw it up off his back foot, falling away. He has five interceptions like that this season. I think the Titans, what rather than disguising their blitz, right? Sorry, rather than disguising their coverages, I think they're going to make an effort to disguise their blitzes. When Matt Ryan can easily identify who's coming before the snap, he knows exactly where to go with the ball to beat your blitz. But if you have like seven or eight guys hovering around the line of scrimmage and you only bring five of them and he's not sure which one of those five is coming, I saw the Eagles get a sack like that. Um, and they also had a turnover like that, forcing Matt Ryan to throw it up under pressure. That's the way to get after them. That's what I expect to see the Titans do on Sunday. Um, why don't we take a quick break and come back and see how this offense is going to go against the fucking defense. Woo, I love it. I love that idea.
You know, I think Art's doing a great job of allowing our guys to get open. I just got to complete them. And it's like, it's like a jump shooter in basketball. You know, as, as I see guys kind of catch the ball, I think we get in a rhythm as an entire offense. Um, we'll find ways to, to sustain drives and score points. And welcome back in, Titans fans. Um, that was a sound clip from Marcus, and I'm hoping that he's right. I've kind of been on the other side of the fence since this past two games, so I'm doubtful, but I'm hopeful at the same time. And hopefully we can score some points and sustain drives because that's what we need to win this game. If you did not see my Twitter video, I tweeted out some of Mariota's better throws from the second half of last week's game with some music that had the lyrics that said, I will hold on hope. He didn't play very well last game, but he wasn't all bad in the second half. So I'm just hoping that they can find that stuff and build off it in the long week. When it comes to the Falcons defense, the biggest factor on their team is Brady Jarrett. He's a defensive lineman. It's kind of like their Jarrell Casey, only he's been playing better this year than Casey has coming off Casey's season-ending injury last year. Um, Jarrett is a force inside, and he moves around all over the line, lines up left and right. Last game, Calais Campbell was constantly moving himself over to be matched up in front of Jameel Douglas and totally taking advantage of him. The Titans had seemingly no plan to counteract Elias Campbell against Jamila Douglas. So I don't really have much hope for their plan to in this game to to contain Grady Jarrett and try to prevent his impact on the game. Um, but what's in, what's going to be interesting is who's going to start at right guard? What do you think? I think Nate Davis is probably going to end up starting, or at least I hope. I know I saw a quote from Vrabel saying they were going to give him some limited work in Sunday's game. They so said they were going to work. They said they were going to work him in. Okay. What does I don't that know mean? what that means. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I have no idea what that means. Um, all I know is, can he really be that much worse than Jamil Douglas at this point? I say it's time to give the rookie a shot because I don't want to see Douglas against Jarrett. <laughs> I neither do I. And uh, it's not like with Kelly where you can kind of hide his deficiencies with having Humphreys or maybe AJ Brown chip before they run out to the, do their route. Um, the inside of the line, they're almost on an island. Um, you have Ben Jones probably having to pick up some kind of a blitz or uh, just have different assignments. So at some point, either Jamil Douglas or Nate Davis is going to be along with Brady Jarrett. Exactly. And it's like you said a few weeks it's like you said a few weeks ago. Um, the defense only has to win once and you know they get one sack and they win. Whereas a offensive line has to play perfect to actually be considered good. So I'm really hoping – I'm putting way too much hope in Nate Davis, and I'm probably going to be disappointed. But, uh, I mean, it can't really be any worse than what it is right now. Yeah, I agree. That's that's going to be an interesting thing to see. If Jameel Douglas starts, maybe if he's not playing well, Nate Davis takes his, replaces him. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I guess. What's interesting, I, saw, I noticed a really interesting trend about the Falcons' defense that is going to be – crucial to how the Titans attack them. I'm not sure they're going to have to figure out early on what the Falcons are doing so that they can attack them properly. The Falcons against the Eagles ran a lot of zone on their early downs. And the Falcons since Dan Quinn took over have primarily been a cover three zone base team 
They ran most. They ran the majority of their plays out of zone last season. So it's been really interesting to me that against the Eagles on third downs, they were switching to man to man in their coverages, and then against the Colts, they were playing mostly man to man on early downs, and on third downs, at least in the first half, they would go to their cover three zone. I couldn't really figure out why they were doing it, and I think I have an idea. In the second half, they played almost entirely man-to-man. What I think happened was the Falcons expected a lot of running plays and short passes because that's what the Colts have been doing this season. So they've played them close to the line of scrimmage. Typically, when a defense is expecting the run to be the strength, they'll play a lot of guys up close to the line of scrimmage in a man-to-man defense with a lot of guys in the box. And the Titans are a team that I would expect an out-of-conference opponent to think that the running team, the running game is the primary strength, and if they take that away and force the quarterback to beat them, then they will do so. Uh, or then they will win the game. They will be successful. So I think that that is what the Falcons' plan is going to be for the Titans. I think it's particularly interesting that in the second half they went almost full man because I think they expected the Colts, who were up by a lot, to just keep running the ball. And the Colts had a lot of success running the ball, so the Titans may be able to find some of that with their run game. But mostly it's going to be up to Mariota to identify coverages pre-snap. And if they're in man-to-man a lot, you got to take advantage of your one-on-one matchups. And he was doing that in the Jags game, but they just weren't successful. The Falcons' corners are not nearly as good as the Jaguars' corners. Their secondary's been playing okay this year, but they were getting torched really pretty badly, especially Eric Ebron was roasting people downfield. Paris Campbell had a nice big play. T.Y. Hilton until he got injured. Um, these guys were, like, I'm talking about, like, 25-yard downfield, Eric Ebron, post route, wide open, you know, easily burned his man. So they got to take advantage of the one-on-ones before the pressure gets to Mariota. He's got to be willing to throw it up for his guys. And then, secondly, man-to-man defense, if you have routes running downfield, pretty far downfield or average downfield, it opens up lots of running lanes for the quarterback because usually the defenders have their eyes on their guy. They're not looking in the backfield when they're in the, in the secondary. So Mariota might have a, the ability to get out of the pocket and make some things happen with his legs in this game. But something interesting about the Falcons is that when they were expecting run plays, they keep their eyes in the backfield. And that's how the Colts were able to get an early touchdown because they faked a little screen play and the corner who was supposed to be guarding the slot receiver, Zach Paschal, attacked down on the screen, left his, let his man run wide open behind him in the end zone and Brissett hit him for a touchdown. So you can take advantage of an overaggressive defense. Yeah. Um, what I kind of like about that, if we're going to be, well, if they're going to be doing a mix of zone and man, if it's man to man, I want, I want to see Mariota actually throw it up for AJ Brown or Corey Davis. Um, I have confidence in that. He was throwing it up for Brown last game and Brown did not come down with it. Any of, hardly any of those times on the sideline throws. He had, again, he tried him three times. Julia had really tight coverage. So it's not like he's not trying it. Corey Davis is another story, but continue. Right. If if we see zone or he's getting a lot of zone looks, uh, I would look for Delaney Walker and Adam Humphreys to absolutely f- find the gaps in those zones. And doesn't Marcus really excel against his own defense? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Marcus uh, is great at using his eyes to manipulate linebackers over the middle of a zone. And the thing about the Falcons cover three, the way that they usually run it is the uh, a lot of times when they run it, they'll man a line pre-snap, so they kind of disguise it. 
And then the cornerbacks on the outside will drop back. And they have responsibility for the deep third of the field, along with the free safety in the middle. And the linebackers, who are usually aligned in the middle, you know, behind their defensive front, in their running lane gaps so that they don't get out of place, um, those guys have responsibility for the flats. And that's a lot of ground to cover, especially if you have a guy like Adam Humphreys, who's really quick at getting out and running those little quick out routes to the flats. So when the tight, when the Falcons come out in this cover three, Titans can attack it, just like you said, Adam Humphreys on those little out routes, and Delaney Walker over the middle. After you've hit him on the out route a few times, the linebackers start cheating outside. Mariota, using eye manipulation, can get them to cheat further outside. And then, boom, Delaney Walker up the seam. Seam routes and the flats is how you attack a cover three defense. The Titans are well matched up to attack the flats and the seam routes. So... That's another reason I expect a lot of man-to-man, but if the Titans get down big early, which, based on their history, could easily happen, that's when you would expect the Falcons to go to a to run that zone a lot, and the Titans may be able to come back in that scenario. The number one thing that worries me about this game is that Mike Malarkey is the tight ends coach for the Atlanta Falcons, and you know damn well he's sitting in that defensive room telling them all of Marcus's tendencies, everything that makes him uncomfortable. He knows Delaney Walker. He knows Corey Davis. He knows... Art Smith. Art Smith. He knows everybody. He knows everybody. Art Smith probably better than anyone. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I'm worried about, is that he's going to have... or he's going to tell this defense pretty much everything about it. So... It could be a really rough game. Like, this could probably be a rougher game than the past two because of what Malarkey knows intimately about Marcus Mariota. Thankfully, Um, Mike Malarkey always acted like he thought Mariota was Cordell Stewart. So all he'll tell them is, he's a really good scrambler. Make sure you force him to not scramble. And then the Titans will be fine. (laughs) That's a fair point. (laughs) But I don't know. All right, we done with this? Yeah. Um, Titans are still going to win, and we're going to win by, I'm going to say, 23-21. Titans. Dang, you think we score more than 20 points? Yes, I think we're going to come back because we are. We have to. If we don't, I'm going to cry. Yeah, I'm going to predict a Titans loss because fuck it. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I think the Titans muster up a cool... 16 points and the Falcons get north of 23. <laughs> well, here's hoping we win. Yep, I hope we win. Please, please. All I want is to be wrong. Just want to be wrong. Let's be wrong. I want I want a happy I want a happy podcast. Let's do a happy podcast soon. Yeah, that would be more fun. All right. Until then, you can get the rest of our podcast episodes by subscribing to our podcast feed wherever you get podcasts. Just search Music City Miracles. That's our show. It's MCM Radio with Jimmy and Terry. It's football about the Titans. Um, we also tw- we also tweet stuff. So make sure you follow James at South Texas Titan. If you're listening, pull out your phone, go to Twitter, search at South Texas Titan. Click follow and then enjoy, right? Yep. I tweet the best shit. Boom. 
I am at Titans Film Room, and this is Titans Film Radio. That's the that's the show. We love you.